Hello, Rebecca. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How's I'm good. Been? I'm good. It's been a very big week, a very big Saturday, but full on, full on Saturday vibes. I have not sopped the whole day. Saturday vibes. The Saturday vibes. Talk me through it. <laughs> I've been to a Christmas market, I've cleaned the whole house, I have dropped Jack off to go and absolutely drink a lot of beers, So, and I've got a meal later for my auntie's birthday, so it's just a stunning Saturday to be honest. A jam-packed, a a jam-packed festive day, (laughs) love that. Mine's been much less uh, interesting, I woke up this morning, I had like four drinks last night and I woke up hungover and I was like, this is 30, what hashtag? I don't yeah. deserve this. And then, anyway, I, wor- I worked it out. I've, like, <laughs> drank a lot of water, went to a cafe, wrote some notes for this episode, which I'm Yay. so excited to talk about because I chose this topic this week. Yes. And the topic is, as you may see from the title, uh, confidence and self-esteem and just generally, like, our journey with it, how we feel about ourselves, uh, and then also confidence as well because something that I was – and I was just telling Becky before we started recording – Something I did actually do a bit of research on before we started this one was the difference between the two, because there is a difference between confidence and self-esteem, although it's kind of like a Venn diagram where they overlap. So Mm -hmm. generally speaking, if you've got good self-esteem, you are a more confident person uh, and vice versa. But basically the difference between confidence and self-esteem is confidence is very situation specific. And it's really about how we feel about our abilities and our belief in ourselves. Whereas self-esteem is more how we feel about ourselves, how we see ourselves, like our relationship with ourselves, essentially. So there definitely is overlap, but they are there are differences between the two. So I'm going to throw it to you. What's your relationship like with yourself and confidence? <laughs> um, well, I have genuinely, since a very small child, been quite confident. Like I was... I think it just comes and stems from the performing arts industry. Like I can't, you can't be in the performing arts industry and not be confident because you might as well not be in the performing arts industry. It just doesn't work. Um, So I started dancing when I was three and I was doing dance festivals, which meant that I was on the stage a lot. Um, I was performing in front of people constantly, kind of weekend, weekend in, weekend out. Um, And I think that's probably where my, the main kind of, part of my confidence comes from the fact that I can hold a conversation with anyone and everyone I get that from my dad I know that for sure um (laughs) but you know I'm very confident I will put myself forward I will do scary things I will move to Australia on a whim I will return home on a you know like there's lots (laughs) of things that I've done um that has kind of enabled me to be more confident um But I think there's like two sides of my confidence, if that kind of makes sense. Like I have my performing, turn it on back, like let's go, like let's do a masterclass, let's perform, let's be center stage, which I know, you know, I kind of said on the last episode of I like being front and center because I grew up being that and, you know, that is validation for me, to be honest. So that's kind of one side of the confidence, but I have struggled in belief in myself, how I look and how I feel, um, which I know is probably more on the self-esteem side. And that just stems again from performing arts because I was constantly told I was fat. I never fit into any of the costumes. Like it was just an ongoing thing. So I would say my confidence on a scale is 10, but my self-esteem is probably a four. 
Like if I was to scale it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually quite a gap. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. A four to a 10. Yeah. Let's delve into that more. So like, (laughs) let's go. So I I also think with confidence, you were describing like confidence on stage and confidence. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like that situational kind of confidence. So you're confident on, on camera, confident on stage. But then when it comes to how you maybe have seen yourself in the past, that has been is that what you mean in terms of like that might be the four but then yeah. in confidence on stage and confidence to do new things and move to new countries you're like yeah I'm a I 10. can do that yeah so I'm like, a 10 through, <laughs> I'm a 10 baby she's a 10 <laughs> but her self-esteem she's a is 10 a <laughs> that can be the uh, promo for today um so I think the the self-esteem so throughout my life and this was really prevalent when I first started my business actually I've had so many people say to me Beck, I cannot wait for you to see yourself the way that I see you so there's like mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of things I'm extremely hard on myself I'm a massively high achiever like there's a lot of things that come into the reasons why I don't feel like I've got to where I want to be yet or I'm not the the size that I want to be yet or you know whatever that is there's a lot of things that tie into that but I do think that self-esteem and and I've I, you know what I've done shit loads of work on it and I will continue to do shit loads of work on it but I think the self-esteem the lower range of the self-esteem comes from the fact that in the performing arts industry, and I know I keep bringing it up, but you are constantly berated by the way that you look all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I had a performing arts teacher, I would have been 16 at the time, wave a f- finger in front of my body, say, should we lose some weight then before mm. you audition? You know, like there's been, and yeah, I was constantly in the office and, you know, like I was a size 10, size 12 UK at that yeah. point. A very and normal. A very normal unquote, size. Unquote, yeah. Size, Which yeah. I was made to believe was like size Fat. 100. Yeah, huge. Yeah, um, like yeah. Yeah, so like I can't, like I probably, not that I've ever been diagnosed and I wouldn't diagnose myself, but I probably would say that I've got some form of body dysmorphia from that because I was constantly told, you know, like I look back at photos from even around 2016 I lost quite a lot of weight around that time as well after a breakup and still thought I was fat at that point and I literally look back at photos now and I'm like what the fuck like as if like I would die to look like that now (laughs) like it's so weird um Mm. but I just uh, there's something and I'm working on this at the moment actually but there's some disconnect between how other people see me versus how I see myself and it is two very different stories I think that's so common though, oh, how other sure. people perceive us. In fact, it's something I'm really fascinated with. Like I, I'm often asking these questions like, how would you describe me? <laughs> Just me. to see if it's how, yeah. <laughs> Just like some casual small talk. <laughs> Just to see if it matches up with how I see myself because yeah. I have had a really interesting journey with confidence. Well, interesting to me, hopefully interesting yeah. to the listener. <laughs> um, so I have struggled throughout my entire life, I would say. Like, I think some people are born innately more confident than others. And I think you've got, kind of got a baseline of confidence yeah. that is informed based upon your formative years, how people spoke to you, your experiences, like with you in the performing arts industry and being told that you're fat, that is going to go somewhere. You know, yeah. you're going to have issues. I think it'd be very unusual to come out of that without some form of body dysmorphia. <laughs> and that is not, a, and it's yeah. not an uncommon experience yeah. in that industry. I know it's like modeling, dancing, all of that. Uh, I have struggled more so, I think, with just being so hard on myself. Mm. And I, it all came to a, to a head, I think, when I was about 25. And I had this realization 
during therapy, actually. I actually went to therapy because I was like, Katie, like, we need to sort this out. Like, I just felt a few things had happened, um, nothing major, but just a few knocks. And I just found that, like, I would feel confident and then I'd have a knock and then it would really send me, like, spiraling Mm. and get me really down and anxious. And I thought, okay, like, we need to sort this out. So I went to therapy for it. And... I remember in my first therapy session, she was like, and who is Katie? And I, I was like, that question. Yes. I know, especially when you don't have an answer. <laughs> and I was like, uh, like I honestly could not answer it. It was bizarre. And I was like, how do I not know who I am? It was so strange. I felt like I didn't have much of a sense of who I was. And I realized during therapy that one of the reasons for this was because I was putting all of my validation Mm. based on what others thought of me or said about me or other experiences. So if I got rejected by someone, it meant that I'm not worthy or I'm not lovable. Yeah. Or if I did something at work that, you know, maybe I made a, a mistake as all we all do, then I was shit at my job. So it also came to my attention during therapy that I was very much a black or white thinker and I had this real inner critic and who would berate me really uh if you know if I and it was funny because I was reading something this morning about you know black or white thinking and confidence and inner dialogue and say you left your keys at home and do you say to yourself oh you're a fucking idiot like is that the voice that immediately comes to your head or is it like oops I made a mistake. That wasn't the smartest thing. My bad kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think I was definitely the former back in the day. And also I realized during therapy that confidence and just throughout life really because onwards after that therapy, I did, I think I had about two months of it and I came leaps and bounds. Definitely. I'm not the same person that I was before I went, which is amazing. But I also have learned that confidence is not linear and self-esteem is not linear as well. And I think, Although my self-esteem, I would say, is for the most part good and my confidence for the most part is good, I definitely am human. And recently I've had a massive knock in my confidence and I think it's learning about how to – I think the biggest thing for me is like changing my inner dialogue. Definitely. Yeah. Because it's it's the stories that we place on it, right? You know, everything Mm. that comes into – our world, our being, our knowing is neutral when it comes in. It very neutral, just as neutral as these headphones that I feel about the headphones. But it's it's the it's the emotion and the feelings that we place on said thing or said thing happening that then becomes the story, which then becomes a story about you, which then becomes the belief, which then becomes something that you carry on with life you know that kind of carries with you um and I always say this to my clients like anytime any of my clients are in Voxer whether they're talking about clients doing something or someone else really pissing them off and I'm always like this is their map of the world like we do not have to take this on it is not about you this is them dealing with the things that they need to deal with rightly or wrongly that's affecting you but we then take it on like I'm not good enough or I'm not enough or I'm not loved you know like we have those five beliefs that as a collective in the world everyone goes to you know so I think it's the stories that you put on that which start to hinder or help your confidence start to hinder or help your self-esteem as well definitely and I think that 
that was definitely the biggest thing that I took away from that is just because X, Y, Z happens or this person said blah, 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 or did this, then actually, if you have enough inner confidence and self-esteem, it will hurt, of course, because you're yeah. human and yeah. you'll feel like, oh, whoops, I made a mistake or I got rejected. Like it's normal to feel upset by these things, but it won't shatter you and it, and it won't make you make, it won't make you feel like you're not good enough or that you're unlovable or all of those things. And I think it's interesting, like I definitely want to talk about the different areas of my life that I have experienced issues with confidence and self-esteem yes, with. for sure. Uh, and let's start with work. Okay. I think that's an, a, like a, a good place to start. Yeah. It's a very good, uh, a very good place to start. <laughs> I know. I was like, don't sing Sound of Music. Don't sing Sound of we're Music. Here. We've done it. Yeah, we've done it. Uh, so tell me, well, have you struggled in that department with confidence with work? Oh, for sure. Like for sure. Like, And I think <clears throat> both in both aspects. So I've never, I say, quote unquote, had like a, a normal nine to five standard job. Like I know that's not that doesn't sound right but I've never done something for a continuous amount of time um and so in the performing arts industry my confidence I suppose was very knocked and I think that the problem with performing arts is one I was so unbelievably passionate about it wanted it to death all I ever wanted and two I was actually very good at it like I'm a very good performer my energy really it shines through it's it's always been that way um I'm an incredible dancer like I fucking hate saying that but I know I know confident I know deep down that I am yeah yeah um but singing was always something that I wasn't very confident with I have got a great voice but lots of things happened um around the time that I was auditioning that made me believe that I didn't and from there like I would say that probably ruined my my performing arts career because I just didn't believe in myself enough. And with your voice, your voice is your tool. So if you don't fucking believe in your voice, you go into an audition, it's the first thing to go or mm. shake or be, ner- you know, like it's, it, I can't warm up the flute and then bang out the flute even if I'm not confident. You know, it's it's very different to come across it confident. sounded like such a weird euphemism. <laughs> bang out the flute not that flute we want to bang it out baby <laughs> you went there I did not <laughs> I always go there I always go there I've got the sickest mind <laughs> but yeah so I think the more that that happened and in the performing arts industry I was um so I've always been like a very motherly figure and um in my life with friends in general but when I perform too I'm very old-minded and my 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 voice was very thick and and kind of like strong woman like a real woman character so when I came out of the you know when I graduated um so you know even with my agent you know she was saying like Beck like you're gonna have to go and do the shit jobs you're gonna have to go and uh, do these things because your your like age and your voice and the way you perform don't match together yet so like it was just like this constant like thingy of my confidence and I think that probably is what got me at the end that the fact that I was like this is just not worth my mental health and I was so so bad at that point like around 21 when I was 21 um so kind of like I was confident again it was that confidence versus self-esteem which is quite nice to see because I've never really looked at it as two different things like I can turn on be the confident person most confident person in the world but still have that like behind me which I think was from the performing arts um but 
but even in the business, like even with my business now, like that was very, very new. Like it was a very new thing. Um, and it just so happened that I was very good online because I'm a performer and, you know, I can do the Instagram and it all comes very naturally to me because I love social media. I love connecting. Like one of my biggest things is entertaining people. So, you know, I, I get a lot of clients that are like, I fucking hate being on stories. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, that's you. Like, you don't have to be like me on stories. Like, I love stories. I would do stories all day, every day and never get paid. Like, I love them. <laughs> um, so that bit was like really easy for me to step into. Um, and I also know that I'm really, really good at what I do from a subconscious point of view too, which I think took a long time for me to actually admit and say it but you know the more times people have breakthroughs and you know some of the comments that I get back from clients and stuff and Jack says this all my all the time my partner he's like I need you to print off these testimonials like I need you to print off these things I need you to know like how amazing you are so I still have that like pullback of not believing in myself but I don't think it's the fact that I don't believe this is kind of some of the work that I've been doing at the moment it's not the fact that I don't believe it's the fact that I'm scared that if I was believe how much more powerful I would be so it's kind of like the the fear of success like it's the fear of being too confident the fear of being too um too out there too popular too famous whatever that is um which comes from when I was younger and I was constantly told that I was too big headed, get off your pedestal, stop, you know, you're, you're so over, you're, you know, you love too yourself much. and it too much. And it was never that ever. I was just really confident. So yeah, that was, that's my kind of. Yeah. And you were knocked down a peg every time you, oh, it was like tall time. puppy syndrome. Yeah. yeah. So I know in Australia, there's a saying, I know you lived in Australia. So yeah. in Australia, there's a saying called tall poppy syndrome. And basically it means like if, some one of the puppies is growing higher than all the other puppies and they're really shining and they're doing the little puppy thing, they get cut down to size. So everyone's on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that can often happen, I think, if you are a confident person and people that are that are insecure and yeah. don't want someone else to do better than them or be seen as better than them, will cut you down to size and it can really yeah. knock your self-esteem. But it's interesting hearing you speak. Like I can hear you say like you are confident in your abilities, but then the, the self-belief part, which is the self-esteem part, comes in. So it really yeah. does make sense where you're saying I'm a four out of ten self esteem yeah 10 out of 10 confidence back. yeah it's so interesting yeah, yeah. how about you mm. with work so with work I've had a very uh I would say um interesting kind <laughs> of career path <laughs> Many I've had like 20 jobs <laughs> <laughs> even from the word go like I have worked I think before I got a proper quote-unquote career before I graduated from university I think I had like 10 different part-time mm. jobs you know yeah. I was always chopping and changing never really liked what I did that much like it was it was all right you know and then I went into teaching teaching I felt like I didn't care oh, this is gonna sound bad but whatever I didn't care enough about that career like I mm. cared about the kids and whatnot but I wasn't super invested in it or passionate in it. and when I'm someone that's not passionate I struggle to give it my yeah. all yeah uh so in terms of teaching confidence wise I don't even really have any comments on that because I don't think I cared enough. Like, but I think I, I knew what shit. I was, I think I was good at, I definitely know that I'm good in front of a crowd. I'm good at teaching and I'm good at being someone, I think I'm charismatic in front of a crowd, I would say. Like I'm good at teaching people things and I'm not afraid of public speaking, generally speaking. Yeah. So I think in that sense, I, I was confident in my abilities. Uh, and then when I changed career, that was when I noticed the confidence was a little shaky but I have thought about it and it was more so 
because what I did was I changed from teaching into marketing and I didn't do a degree or anything. I didn't go into any further training. I just sort of weaseled my way in. I did internships. I just sort of, you know, made connections with people. And I think that is a testament to how driven I I am and that I really wanted to make that change because I think a lot of people get stuck in their career and they're like, I want to make a change. I just don't know what, but I was like, I'm making this work no matter what. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to get out of it. But I found that with me, competence and confidence are very closely linked when it comes to career. Yep. So when I feel like I know the information and when I feel like I'm prepared and when I feel like I'm good at something and I have some proof, Uh, not necessarily via words of affirmation from people, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, oh, no, that was good. Like, I feel like that was good work. And I think the more I learn about something, so the more I learned about marketing, I naturally felt more confident in my abilities at work. I think I did struggle sometimes to speak up in work environments uh, in fear of saying something stupid. That was definitely like imposter syndrome coming in there, I think. Yeah, that comes up a lot with people, doesn't it? A lot, yeah. But I would say generally speaking, as a coach, I'm confident in my abilities. I think I'm really good at what I do. I think I've really found my thing because I've married the two careers together of coaching, uh, sorry, of marketing and teaching and being a coach. So I think I am capitalizing on my skills, which is, I think, a huge source of confidence. I think when you naturally, when you're doing something you enjoy and you you feel like you're good at it and you're passionate about it, you it will give you confidence and you'll carry yourself with more confidence. So I think generally, generally speaking, career-wise, my confidence is pretty steady. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah. go, that goes back to like the the whole being a beginner at things, which I'm never very good at because I love to feel competent and confident at things. And, you know, like that that beginner phase when you say, for instance, first start your business or start doing something new and then you're having to be like, oh God, like, you're, you know, you're in that, you're in that like conscience, like conscious competence learning stage um, where you really have to think about the things that you're doing all the time and nothing comes easy or subconsciously to you. And, and actually that's where a lot of people drop off right you know that's a lot of people are like nah this is too fucking hard like I'll just go back to something that I <laughs> I know and can do but actually if you push through and I I would say usually within like four to six weeks which I know you know a lot of people say that's around the time that you take on a new habit but from a subconscious point of view that is when you move into the subconscious competence of your learning phase um and there's four phases but like kind of being in there is just so much difference from a confidence point of view you know I I always go back to driving like the very first time like honestly if I had a video that I got in the car my mom was like hanging on with dear life I couldn't use the clutch I was stuck like I was on a junction I was on a my mom still does this when I drive (laughs) I think with com- with confidence in the car, I am confident. I am not competent. <laughs> she gives no shits. <laughs> I am one, not the other. Um, but yeah, you know, like that was really, really hard for you. And it felt really hard and it felt lots of things. And it felt you like you think. really had to think about it. And now, like I, and I always say this, like I drive somewhere and I'm like, did I just drive? Hang on. Wait, did I drive? I don't remember that journey. I have no clue. Yeah. You know, so like I think that, the confidence comes from you actually just persisting through that really hard time that feels so unbelievably uncomfortable, which is where a lot of people give up. So they just think that they're constantly not confident, but they just haven't given themselves enough time to get through it. Definitely. And actually something I was looking at this morning as well is 
a part of growing your confidence, and we're going to get more into this in a moment because we're not just going to talk about, oh, we're so sad and non-confident. <laughs> we are going to actually talk about this, the steps we've taken to increase confidence and what that can look like. But one of the steps of increasing confidence is actually looking at your weaknesses and assessing them and slash embracing them. Mm-hmm. But also there are two types of weaknesses. There are the types of weaknesses that like it's from a lack of information and it just means, you know, you need to work on that thing and, and grow that skill like what we've just been talking about, like driving a car, for example. You might be weak at driving because you don't know the information, you don't know how to do it yet, you need to go to driving school, whatever. And then there is the types of weaknesses that maybe are more inherent in within you. So it might be part of your temperament, might be part of your personality, uh, your natural talents and abilities. Mm. So you're a great dancer. <laughs> I... I am not. <laughs> I've seen I'm footage see this. and it's confronting. <laughs> and <laughs> once I went to a lap dancing class, yes, you heard correctly. I remember was, this video. Okay, oh I have God. seen it, guys. I have. <laughs> it's, I put it online because it was so hilarious. <laughs> like if you ever wanted to be turned off. Right, hang on. Did you say lap dancing? or po- I thought it was pole dancing. I did pole dancing classes, which I was also bad at. <laughs> And then as part of the pole dancing sessions, they're like, come along to a lap dancing class. I was like, this will be hilarious. Okay. And sometimes I feel like, anyway, I'm going a bit off track here, but <laughs> you're a great dancer. I'm not. And I realized one of my weaknesses, <laughs> actually from a quite a young age, <laughs> was that. This? <laughs> yeah. But you know, what? I don't care enough to work yeah. on it. I just yeah. accept that about myself. Like, I'm yeah. like, I'm not a great dancer. I enjoy having a boogie, but I like to freestyle. I don't yeah. want to be told what to do. We I'm not going to, cho- yeah, I'm not going to choreograph because <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> my brain doesn't work that way. Also, my body doesn't. I'm like all limbs. Anyway, but there are two types of like, weaknesses. And I think a huge part of it is embracing, okay, this is a weakness of mine. Can I improve it? Can I learn? Or is, can I work with it or mm-hmm. accept it? What about uh, like personal relationships, whether that be friends, uh, whether that be just acquaintances or people you deal with in general and like romantic relationships, which is quite a lot of people I've lumped in yeah. there. But Show I think some on. people experience different levels of confidence within those various different relationships. Yeah, I think I think, again, like I've always been the louder one, the one that everyone goes and sends to if we've got to complain about anything. Like Jack calls me Karen all the time. He's like, come on, Karen, we need to move tables. Can you go and ask them? Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting you to do his dirty work for yeah, him. Basically. He's a secret Karen, <laughs> He's which a is the worst Karen. kind. <laughs> um, like literally we, we went to Miller and Carter last night, chef's kiss, stun him. Um, but we changed tables three times. Genuinely. Why? What was wrong with Because the first table, like, it was so bright. Then the second table, we sat down and, and I was like, there's a table for two there and that looks a really nice table. <laughs> so we'd moved three times. So I'm very confident when it comes to that sort of thing. I hate complaining and I hate confrontation. So I'm not confident with that at all. So um, I very much... Um, I, I'm, I'm like half and half when it comes to that. But that was that. a contradiction. With Yeah, right? that's what I was yeah. just about to say. So I'm like half and half with that because I'm very confident if I know that it's not going to detrimentally make th- someone think or believe that they don't like me. So I like to be liked. It's a thing mm-hmm. that I have. It's, it's something that I'm very aware of. Um, so like if I'm doing something and I'm like, fuck, this is going to put me into a place that someone potentially won't like me. I find that really difficult and I find it really, really hard and I will back away and I will let them do what they need to do and I'll just suffer the consequences almost. But when it's like something lighthearted about, you know, fucking moving your table in Miller and Carter or not liking the wine, like what's that going to do 
she's never going to see me again I'm all okay it's not going to end in a confrontation it's fine Yeah, yeah exactly so I think with like friendships, like I've always been the louder one, like the more confident one. Um, but equally, having said that, like it doesn't, I, and this is what I kind of like about myself. Well, goodness, <laughs> um, is that like the confidence never comes across as people think that they can't confide in me or you know it's never like they never think it's like oh god I could never speak to Beck because she's just too confident too out there and too this so like I said before I've always been the mother hen like I've always been the carer like I'm unbelievably caring and giving and loving and I love that you know like so I have those two sides in relationships um so with friends I think very confident I'm confident in making new friends I don't mind I mean, I fucking hate small talk, but who likes small talk, let's be honest. Um, Mm. I think you said you liked it, actually. No, not really. I mean, clearly not. Look at our podcast. (laughs) And then I'm asking them, what do you think my biggest weakness is? Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, I don't. I don't like small talk. So like, I don't mind that. Like, you know, if it, if it's, if I'm there for a reason and that reason is, is fine, then I'm great. Um, but with romantic relationships, I suppose I, I I think I have been quite confident. I mean, I went through a phase where I was very confident. Um, but were you though? Because they used to call the me the untouchable Becky Hayden. Yeah, but the choices you made. The choices that I made were not great. Weren't that of a confident gal. <laughs> weren't the best. <laughs> not to call um, you out or anything. <laughs> but like that, I don't think that was confidence. I think that was people pleasing. And I think it's yeah, two different things. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm very confident in how... Um, like in the flirt I'm confident in the flirt but like I think it I think if it goes further than that I then become this like mess of a Mm. a woman I did yeah so interpersonally probably socially you're like I'm confident that I can like hold a good conversation I'm confident that I can have a little bit of fun of a flirt yeah but then maybe not confident in the other areas that make up romantic relationships I would say in the past, yes. I in think past, I think I've now. done a lot yeah. of work now, um, and I'm way more aware of like my, uh, like my tr- not traumas, I suppose, but the things that I get unconfident with in a romantic relationship is something because it's happened to me before. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I've had an experience, I have physical evidence and that's where what makes me uncomfortable and unconfident because I'm like, well, this has happened before so it might happen again. Like you mm-hmm. never know. Um, so I think that's where it comes in. But I kind of feel like that's a full podcast in itself, if I'm honest. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, and we are <laughs> going to do a whole podcast episode on that as well. Uh, How romantic- about you? Oh God, well, so friendships super confident in terms of making new friends, putting myself out there. I'm confident that I'm a good friend. I'm confident that my friends won't leave me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people have insecurities in friendships, but I feel like my friends are like the loves of my lives. Like I just love them. And I've got so many really close, genuine friendships. Like I've, I've, you know, really close friends that I know I could reach out to and talk to about anything. Yeah. And I feel very safe in those relationships. And actually safety to me in relationship is the number one value I have romantic family friends whatever like safe I have to feel safe in that relationship Mm. and I do and so I always felt confident with friendships something on the flip side of that that I think and similarly to you I think I'm I can be a little conflict adverse so I had a, a situation and this isn't wasn't a friendship but when I came to Edinburgh I had a situation with a, a housemate <laughs> 
that situation. yeah a situation <laughs> let's put it that way and I found that really difficult because I was living with her she was not conflict averse and I've never had a situation like this before where I was living with someone family aside obviously there's always there's always like a certain yeah. level of conflict there occasionally especially as a teenager but with with her she was quite confrontational I was I kind of went into survival mode and I don't think I advocated for myself as much as I could have I think I look back on that and I was like oh like that was a tough situation to be in but I don't think I was great at advocating for myself in that so I think maybe assertiveness is something I need to work on a little bit more yeah um so I think in that sense maybe learning to be more confident in that department which is a very very difficult thing I think a lot of people do struggle with see I see you as really assertive do you yeah oh that's really nice yeah it depends who I'm it depends how safe I feel I think in that relationship yeah true true so with you like if you did something to upset me I would feel confident and comfortable Mm. enough to be able to go to you and be like hey like this thing that happened upset me because I know that you would respond in a really kind way and you'd be able to listen to me and not get defensive but there are certain people in my life or and people who I've dealt with in the past who I would not feel comfortable going to because I know I could almost preempt their reaction to me Mm. explaining that I feel hurt or that I've been upset by something yeah so I think that's the difference and I think you need to be able to it's hard but I think that's an area that I would like to get better at yeah romantic relationships with me has always been (laughs) and we are going to do an episode on dating (laughs) because it's a big topic but romantic relationships with me is the area the number one area in my life that I think has knocked my confidence the most Mm -hmm. and I think I again certain areas I'm really confident on like I know that I'm really confident on dates like I feel like I'm really good at really good socially I think I can hold my own and I'm confident that I can hold a conversation and I feel like I am lovable you know yeah but I've also had quite a few experiences as most people have I think but I've had quite a few similar experiences where and I'll go into it a little bit in this episode because I think context is important et yeah etc where I have been dating someone and actually recently I was dating someone and uh it ended quite abruptly and it wasn't actually my fault why it ended or anything this guy had gone through something um and I think he just realized he wasn't ready for a relationship he'd been divorced got we got closer realized he wasn't ready for a relationship and basically that was that (laughs) and it ended within the space of about three or four days and then that's it we haven't no haven't spoken since um and so after that experience definitely it's not an experience I haven't had before it's not exactly the same experience that I've had before but if similar things have happened to me in the past but yeah romantic relationships definitely have been the area of my life that I think I've had that I find a the most triggering because I've had a few experiences that have mirrored each other that mm. have been quite similar. I know I'm confident in the fact that, especially the previous situation, and he even said this, wasn't really anything to do with me. But then in the same breath, I'll go back and be like, but why has mm. this happened again and again, again and again? There must be something that I'm doing or people I'm dating. So then I do start to, my confidence can be a little bit shaky at times and I think this particular experience did knock me as well um because it was an accumulative experience it wasn't just and it's kind of like the questions that it brought in again wasn't it like the questioning yourself again yes as as to why this yeah it's like the self-worth stuff came Mm. up um which is 
I think, harder to build. I think self-esteem is harder to build than confidence. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that can be more shaky and it can make you start to doubt yourself and make you be like, am I not lovable? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's very difficult. Because confidence difficult. is a doing, right? Like you, confidence yeah. is, a do, is a doing thing. You brain learns best from repetition. You do it over and over again. So you become more confident. Whereas self-esteem is like an inner knowing and an inner being and that's just how it is day in day out like it's yeah you're not you're not like today I'm going to practice self-esteem like it's it's a accumulation right is that say it say yeah that an word? accumulation Accum- accumulation wow that's hard um I'll I'll say it one more time for the people in the uh, back. Accumulation, guys. Still wrong. Um, <laughs> still wrong. Still wrong. Um, but yeah, like I, th- I think it's like things that you do over again and that kind of build it up, doesn't it? It's two very different yes. things, I think. Very different things. And this is something that I constantly have to work on, I think, um, because I have struggled in this area and I don't and something that you talk about a lot and I and I know and we're going to get onto this now is like okay how to change this and how to rewire your neural pathways because something that I find I have some stories that I tend to go back to mm-hmm. when I have been let down or disappointed um and I do notice them come up and I very I'm a self-aware person so I can yeah. feel them come up um and I guess one thing that I'm actively working on at the moment is like changing the way I think and the yeah. and changing where my mind goes immediately after I have an experience that is triggering or that makes me doubt myself or doubt my confidence and my abilities. So yeah, I'd love to hear what you're like, explain to people about the neural pathways and in a dialogue, especially in particular, I think, and how that can strengthen neural mm-hmm. pathways. Yeah. Yeah, so the neural pathways that we have in our mind are, are, are malleable, so we, we can change them. Like our, our brain is neuroplastic, which means that we can have different thoughts, we can think different things. Something that you were worrying about or had a belief about two weeks ago might not be the same now. Like it, it we can change very quickly. But basically what happens is when we have um, any sort of experience, um, usually it, it's an experience in our life that has quite a heightened emotion emotion on it so whether it be like a a car crash is always kind of something that you you know your mind goes to and you're like oh my god remember being in that car and like you can hear it and you can see it and you can feel it and at that point your brain takes on a new neural pathway that says being in the car is dangerous don't ever be in the car again and because at that time the time that it was really scary or frightening or um sad or you felt guilty you know like all of the negative emotions that we have um they it kind of like grasps onto that and then gives you a belief on that pathway now the more times we go back to the pathway the thicker it gets so i always liken a neural pathway to a wood so imagine that you've you've walked down this wood um, so many times that you've trodden this well, like well-trodden path. You've got bloody beautiful flowers. There's a fountain. You've made this a really nice path. So this could be the belief, I'm not good enough. And when you go along and you kind of have that in your glasses, the I'm not good enough glasses, you pick out experiences in your daily life that basically make you believe this path more. So you pick up the belief, you'll put it on the path and you're like, yes, this path is strong because I'm not good enough and I have thousands of evidence for this. Hopefully this is kind of resonating and you can see your different beliefs in that. So what we can do 
is we actually start or create a new neural pathway and that's either kind of breaking the old one down, which we could definitely do with, you know, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I use timeline therapy for that. Like I know you'll be doing that soon, which is exciting. Um, but we can do it in that way. Um, we can really have a look at when you took that on, what the kind of purpose was that you took that on because our subconscious mind is continuously just trying to keep us safe. That's all it's here to do. That's its primal job. Um, which is great. I always say when you run in front of a bus and then you have to get back off the road because it's dangerous, but it's also not great because it takes on these things. And then it's like, but we had that, we had that thing happen to us at that point of our life. And we can never do that again because it was so like awful. Um, you know, hence the situation that you've just been in. It's like, for fuck's sake, like here I am again, the same fucking experience. You know, it's, it's just that evidence. So what we can do is we can create a new pathway, a new, a new wood, to tread on which is a nicer belief and I always say this to my clients it doesn't have to be I'm not good enough to I am good enough like it it, some people don't you don't believe that your subconscious mind's like no why would I believe that I'm good enough then you know I've believed that I'm not good enough for 10 years of my life so do it in small steps but the more we can use those words of affirmation and do the work on the the stronger we can create the new neural pathway. And this is really kind of as context, this is where those thoughts that we think are really important to become aware of because those thoughts are either creating and harnessing and building the path that doesn't serve you or they're creating and harnessing and growing the path that does. So what Katie said a minute ago is that she's very aware of the thoughts that come in. She kind of acknowledges them and then is like, hang on, which path is this? Is it the path that I want my life to be? I'm not good enough. Or is it the path of I'm learning to be good enough? And how can I change those thoughts? Because your ego will pull you back fucking hell it'll pull you back to that old path because it's safe and it's nice and it's comfortable and you've thought it a thousand times before so again we're talking about that being uncomfortable in that new thought because it's just so different to what we think so that's really where you have to like listen to your inner dialogue and you know the one word that I constantly use is getting curious just get freaking curious at, at this like oh like I'm not good enough like I used to make my clients put a question mark at the end of every belief. I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. Oh, let's get curious about that. Let me question that because that's when we can start to unravel it rather than it being like, I'm not good enough, full stop, end of story. It will never be like that again. Yeah. And curiosity removes judgment always. Yeah. So if someone does something to us, instead of thinking they did this because of X, Y, Z, you can say, I wonder why they did that. I wonder what made them do that, you know, and same thing for ourselves. If we allow ourselves the same compassion, which I feel like usually when you are more compassionate towards yourself, you naturally become more compassionate to other people. And so if you say to yourself, oh, why did I think that thought? Or yeah, am I not lovable? Is that true? Mm -hmm. Where, Where is the evidence to suggest that I am lovable? Because as you said, we, our brain, our brain's primal objective is to, keep us safe and yeah. for us to survive that is yeah, literally the fun- mode. Yeah. that is that is the one that is the number one function of our brain to keep us alive and so if we've had a really bad experience 
in whatever, public speaking, if we've had been booed off stage, yeah. our brain will be like, well, we'll never <laughs> fucking do that again. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were never going to do that again because that was scary. It was awful. The neural pathway is really strong for that. Mm-hmm. But it's so empowering to think that you can actually start to play with your brain a little bit. It's malleable. It's, yeah. we're, you know, it's neuroplastic. So we're able to change that and then create new neural pathways. But it's really difficult it <laughs> it's is. really it is. difficult yeah, yeah. which might like be a where... limiting belief in itself it's really <laughs> like... difficult question mark <laughs> question um, but that's like where you know hypnotherapy comes in that's yeah. where affirmations come in because you can like support that like hypnotherapy for me is one of my favorite tools in the business because it, it allows you to be consciously in the subconscious and and very subtle changes like I remember we yeah. had that with you didn't we when you were like this is just my reality and I don't really think about that anymore like you know it can happen in that way yeah Yeah, it's almost like effortless with hypnosis which is really nice yeah which I really like (laughs) uh so uh, what are some other things we can do to increase self-confidence or things that you've done to increase your self-worth and and confidence in certain areas of your life practice I genuinely believe that that's the biggest one with confidence like I think we have to accept and maybe give ourselves more grace in being the beginner or being new to things. You know, like I had never learned or known or experienced marketing ever before in my life until I started my business. And I immersed myself in it that much that I then started teaching people how to write content and built a very profitable business on that. You're like, I, but it's because I did it again and again and again and again and I down and I back up and I get back down. But I, get up I was going to say, I felt like a rap was starting to form and I was really and looking forward did. to what was coming next. And it did. Yeah, um, and that goes back to the confidence yeah. and competence thing. So yes. like getting the knowledge, getting the experience, practicing, getting better and that competence will grow and then the confidence in that area will grow yeah for sure so like yeah. that I think confidence for me is that repetition again the brain learns best from repetition you know help yourself just keep practicing like if it's I always go back to this example because it's the easiest one for those who are entrepreneurs but you know getting on stories if you don't feel confident keep fucking doing it keep sending it to people who you do feel confident you know I used to get my clients to send me like private stories of them practicing being on stories all the time and now they're like now they're on stories without a shadow of a doubt don't even think about it anymore so like i think that for com- for confidence self esteem i would probably look more um be- from a belief point of view like from a belief system why is it the fact you know like i said a lot of my self esteem comes back to the fact that i was told i was fat and you know like i took on a lot of beliefs of other people of the time that i was so i need to look at that to then unravel and kind of know what my actual beliefs are and what my own story is and then build on that and and again that's a practice it's a practice and practice and practice yesterday I sat down and wrote 25 things I like about myself you know like just silly just it's not even silly but like tiny things like that and you still have to like rack your brain to get to 25 tell me that I'll tell you that you know like I'll tell you something I got to 13 and I was like so (laughs) this is awkward okay but yeah like there's there's a lot of things you can do but I think with self-esteem it's most definitely the having a look at the beliefs as to why you believe you're not worthy or not good enough or not capable yeah for me it was changing the inner dialogue it had to be that thing so yeah awareness around my thoughts maybe where that inner critic came from yeah usually is apparent yeah it usually is or a friend or some kind of formative character Mm -hmm. in your life and being like okay who is that Mm -hmm. who is that voice what are they saying to me and 
what is the next best thought that I can think yeah. And again, that comes with practice. And, and for me, I love an affirmation. <laughs> I'm such she a big believer in affirmations. I am enough. <laughs> and so like, one thing that I did was actually, and it sounds so cringe, a lot of this stuff, it's funny, isn't it? A lot of this um, mindset work and self-development work can sound really cringe because it's just not things that you would probably do in public <laughs> in front no. of other people. But they work and they're amazing. And so what I did was, this is when I was uh, 25, when I first went to this therapy and I was doing a lot of my own work outside of it because I was like, I am sick of my own bullshit. I need mm-hmm. to sort this out. I want to have a better quality life. And so I read a book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and love her. And she does lots of stuff on affirmations and some of it is mirror work. And so what I would do was I would literally sit in front of the mirror and be like, I love you. Mm. <laughs> and I, I remember the first time I did it, I cried and yeah. I could barely do it I remember I really had to work myself up to doing it which is so crazy because now I'd easily better walk up to the mirror and be like hey love you like it would be no problem at all which is just like yeah just make out with the mirror like I do it all the time and I don't guys that was a joke just so you disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer do not do that um so that's definitely a huge one for me but I think another thing that I and this comes in with it and it really is the start of growing confidence and self-esteem is taking full responsibility taking responsibility for your life so you will have experiences in life that are negative people will say things and do things to you and some worse than others like some people have big t trauma others have little t trauma and you can have that and acknowledge that and understand that what was done to you was wrong or what was said to you was not right but when you're like enough i'm getting out of victim mode now and I'm, again, I want to make it very clear that I know some really bad things that happen and sometimes you are a victim. But and that's okay. when yeah. and that is so okay to acknowledge that. But to get out of it and be like, I'm taking control now. This is my life. I don't want to live like this anymore and I want to be confident and I want to have self-worth. So really taking responsibility for your life, whether that looks like, I don't know, getting into just self-care habits, going to therapy, um, exercising regularly, eating healthily, taking care of yourself, um, I think huge for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you took away something from this episode. This is such a like a topic that I feel like we could probably speak on oh, for hours. So many hours. Because there's so, so many, many layers. And I think, like you just said, like the resilience, the confidence, the curiosity, like there's just so many things that go from one to the other, to the other, to the next, to the next, don't they? They yeah. all interlink, which is nice because it has that domino effect you know you solve one and it it kind of has a domino effect on others too well thank you for listening guys we will be back um next week with a new something new something something juicy juicy. (laughs) (laughs) um make sure you leave a review or a rating give it a share as well like we want to get this out to people we love that we're doing something that is a little bit different in the way of talking about things that I I know people talk about, but not to the extent that we are. So we would love for you to be our little cheerleaders, please. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.